Joining us for further analysis on what's playing itself out on the market scene is Anthea Gardner from Cartesian Capital. Anthea, thank you so much for your time and a good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Good to be here again. All right, Anthea, brand new week. Uh, quite a bit has happened over the weekend. You don't think stuff happens on the weekend, but lots of stuff did. So let's talk about that, um, what markets are trying to make sense of uh, this Monday afternoon. So I think the markets almost seem to be, well, feels like I should say, ignoring this Israel-Palestine war and the implications of it. As you saw, Asia mostly flat to higher, actually. They all share up uh, three quarters of a percent major indices, even in Europe, up. So, um, and, and you saw gold spike 0.7%, which I thought would have been a higher move. And what's really holding the JSC up this morning are those gold shares. Um, and I think it's in anticipation of a higher uh, gold price. You know, investors tend to run to that safe haven in inverted commas gold when, when something like this happens. But at the same time, I think this Israel-Palestine war, um, it, it's been going for so long as if it is just a continuation of a decades long story that we're dealing with. And I must admit, we're a bit concerned about it. These things escalate very quickly. You've seen, well, first of all, we're already still dealing with the supply chain issues from Russia and Ukraine, right? We, we haven't even got over that yet. And you've seen kind of a, a, a couple of big uh, countries taking sides, shall I put it that way, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and I always feel like South Africa needs to stick its political awe in, despite being six and a half thousand kilometers away and having little economic benefit to us. Um, although I must admit, I saw yesterday, uh, or no, I heard earlier today, that mm. someone comparing the Israeli occupation of the Gaza Strip uh, to apartheid South Africa, which kind of took me aback mm -hmm. a bit. You, you know, this this is a religious war. It's not an economic war, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and South Africa does house both religions, kind of Islam and Judaism, and we are an 80% Christian state. So uh, it, it concerns me that we want to get involved uh, for a strip of land that is... 2% of Gauteng, basically, you know, that's that's how big it is. Um, and, and I think Putin is smarting for a war against the U.S. So, mm. yes, I, I would say we're very concerned about it. You've seen oil, of course, on the back of this jump uh, 4%. So, so it's going to have an impact on markets. I just don't know if it's being felt the way it should be or whether markets are just going to ignore it. What we have seen, Anthea, is we're certainly dealing with a way more fragmented world uh, than uh, possibly uh, two or three years ago. I'm wondering if market participants uh, could just be taking that in their stride, that, you know, the world is just a little bit different now, riskier, um, and, and we're constantly pricing uh, in and then pricing out. <laughs> yes, it's so right. It's, it's as if we're used to this risk, mm -hmm. right? And, and what's interesting about what's happening in the markets at, moment, at the moment, and I think more interesting than anything else, quite frankly, is this yield curve, this inversion. So we had Russia-Ukraine, we had an inverted yield curve, which ordinarily would point to a recession, and depending on how long or how big this, uh, uh, the inversion of the U.S. yield curve is, is an indication of how long or how deep the recession is going to be. But what we've seen now in the last, I would say, probably week, is this disinversion. So so it's moving back to a normal yield curve. The current 10-year UST is about 4.8%. By the way, I have a useless piece of useless information for you. The US 10-year Treasury peaked at 15, 
1981. And we're all worried about the fact that it's 4.8% at the moment. Um, And and, and so I think you're right. Maybe we're just used to a risky world, Mm. volatile risky world. Speaking about volatility, let's talk about China. They're back online after spending some time, uh, you know, uh, in holidays. They're wondering if you are uh, looking out for anything there. It is a very uh, unstable environment that we're seeing. There's some data showing to uh, stability and then others showing that uh, there's a long way to go before we see China uh, return to what it used to be. I have a very uh, controversial view on China. So everyone's worried that they're not going to read their, they're not going to meet their GDP growth target. In my view, when China says it's going to do something, it will. So yes, it hasn't reached this five and a half, six and a half percent GDP, annual GDP growth that it's once, but there's just, there's no stopping them really. Um, and so I'm not as concerned as everyone is. Of course, we've got issues in the property market in China. And again, I, I feel like they'll fix it. Um, and, and so, yes, this, this volatility is interesting. Um, and maybe this is a time to buy and maybe, well, you know, that's what makes markets. Yes. Some people like it. Some people don't. Some people are worried about China. Others not so much. Let's uh, come back home now and look at some uh, company news. Uh, famous brands, they have come out to warn of the fact uh, that uh, costs are simply just too high. Keen to get your thoughts here. Um, you know, uh, I thought people were eating out a lot uh, because of, of uh, load shedding, but it looks like that hasn't helped famous brands over this uh, period in review. Um, I'm not sure that's completely true, and I'm mm. going to give myself away the way you just did. Okay. Because if you walk into a Steers <laughs> store, right, um, there's nothing like a road trip in South Africa. Yes. And so what you'll see is that it's not just steers. It's also Fisherways and a Debonairs and maybe even a sit-down Wimpy. So what famous brands have done, I think, is consolidate their stores and their store space. And that has certainly helped revenue growth. Um, as you point out, they are struggling from a profitability perspective. Um, you, you know, there's a couple of things. So following on the 75 million rand liquidation of GBK, which, by the way, I also really like, mm-hmm. and now it's gone, um, their basic earnings per share is expected to decrease between 13 and 33%. These are tough economic times, not just for famous brands, almost for every retailer. Load shedding, no GDP growth, um, consumer under pressure. You, you know, I think they need to do a bit more than store consolidation to present numbers that are exciting to the investor. And I'm I'm keen to see what's going to happen when they release results on the 24th of October in two weeks' time. I also want to touch on Sirius for you because, uh, with you because they, uh, you know, operate in Germany and the UK, which are very interesting markets. Now, what's interesting here is to see Germany uh, remain stable. We keep hearing that Germany's already in a recession. They're seeing a lot of downturn. But here we have Sirius uh, painting a very different picture for us. Anthony, Anthony, I'm keen to get your thoughts. Um, so I think Sirius have been very busy from an acquisition and disposal point of view, and that really has helped them. So they're trying to get rid of their less profitable businesses. They want more flexibility for their tenants. Um, they've done quite a few things. You know, they sold a business park in Germany. They acquired two properties in the UK. They've also either had a, a fairly big management, executive management change recently. Um, Chris Bauman is taking over from Alistair Marks, is his name, sorry, who leaves in March. Um, so this seven and a or seven point seven, not seven and a half percent year on year growth and like for like rentals is interesting and great. It was expected. 
And we want to see what happens going forward, right, because of this um, acquisition and disposal that they're, that they're doing. We'll be watching that one very carefully because I think it's a very interesting uh, part of the world uh, there in Europe. I'm keen to get your stock pick in a bit, Anthea, but before that, I'd like us to reflect on some counters that have found favor with your industry peers. Let's do that. So my stock pick is First Rand. Uh, so we've seen that recent pullback in the share price after it released its results. Um, so we think now is a, is a good opportunity to maybe look at entry into the stock. Uh, it, it offers quite a bit of value at current levels. We're looking for upside of at least 15%. And of course, you know, First Rand is a leader in the banking space. It's offered good growth to uh, investors over the past few years. We're also happy with the new leadership change there with uh, Mary Villacazzi appointed as uh, CEO of the business. She She's been well-groomed for the role over the past few years, and we're hoping she's going to take that business from strength to strength. So uh, it's definitely one that we have a long-term view on, and we think it should start to show more recovery uh, in line with the South African economy. I know the share prices are getting hammered at the moment, but I'm still going to come back to the platinum shares. The platinum shares on a three- to five-year view are showing extremely good value. They are essentially in a very normal commodity cycle. We just happen to be in the down part of the cycle now. Mm. Cycles can change. Interest rates will fall. Global demand will pick up. And they are as bombed out as what I've ever seen them at the bottom of any cycle. Yeah. And hopefully there is a very strong recovery. So I'll go for Impala. I mean, Impala may in fact show a loss given the current palladium and platinum price. They rescued a bit by the weaker end. But I'll go for Impala. Don't put all of your money into it. Mm. But there's a huge upside potential on a three to four year view. We're going with Spa for today. We're keeping into the in the, in the retail sector. So Spa and Pick and Pay have both uh, been in the news for all the wrong reasons of late. Um, but our choice with Spa is we think that a lot of their problems are, are behind them. Um, it's a business that's trading on, to our minds, need to be cyclically low earnings and it seems to be on a very low rating. So that's sort of the sweet spot for us in terms of how we invest, low earnings, low multiples. Um, we think we under, we think we understand why the market doesn't like it. Uh, there was some corporate governance concerns in the recent past. Um, but we think, uh, and then also there was uh, an impact on the earnings from a, um, implementation of, of SAP at their KZN DC that didn't quite go to plan as, SAP implementations tend to do. Um, but we do think that going forward that the implementation of the other DC should be should be better for the lessons learned in the KZN DC. And also um, they highlighted that they're going to dispose of their operations in Poland. So they've been struggling to get those operations uh, profitable to the levels that they've wanted it. Um, but they have announced that they are going to dispose of it. Um, and then, and then if you look at the other assets, I mean, uh, South African operations, we all are very familiar with. Those are still strong. Um, well, they're still robust rather. And then the Irish business is also robust. So we think that their problems are more surmountable, um, in the, in the nearer term. Um, and then that combined with the valuation that leads us to, to having a, an overweight position in SPA. All right, I'd be keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters. We have First Strand Spa and Platinum Miners, I guess, with an emphasis there on implants. So First Strand, I've always liked the stock. I'm here. I'm intrigued at how they can report return ROEs of over 20% and still pay good dividend. Um, last week's change of guard felt like the cherry on top to me, so I'm sticking with that one. Spa, we held for a while in the hope of a turnaround. It's painful for a bit. 
Um, but then we were happy to take profits, you know. No one ever went broke booking a profit when they sold their Poland operations. Impala, great company, cheap as chips at the moment, definitely will benefit from global GDP growth. Now, is there a near-term catalyst I have to turn the share price around? I'm not sure. If you're going to buy this, and, and I don't say don't, I actually think it's a great stock pick, um, I, I'd say buy it, put it away for a while, and then look at it in a year's time or so, and hopefully you'll have a nice surprise. And let's talk about your accountant today. Which stock are you going with? So we're not afraid of diversification and capital preservation at Cartesian. So we're buying African bank bonds, which is not a stock, I'm afraid. But you can pick up the ABJ02, which is an African bank bond maturing in March next year for 9.5% year yield to maturity. So you can get a 12-month fixed deposit at 10%, which is longer than the ABJ02. There's no flexibility to sell without, without penalty if you're going to put your money in, in a fixed deposit, right? Uh, at their last results, African Bank announced a terrible uh, 44 million rand loss for the six months. Um, and this was from a previous profit of 372 million rand in the corresponding uh, year. But as a bondholder, I'm quite happy to hold their bonds. Um, they have cash reserves of 8.6 billion rand. They've raised provisions, so they're being conservative about this lending story. Um, and this was to mitigate really that horrible surge in impairments in March that we saw of 2.2 billion rand. So not really a stock, the bond. But, but as I said earlier, the bond market is very interesting at the moment. Well, it's been a pleasure catching up with you, so, uh, Anthea. Thank you so much for being with us today. That was your Midday Markets Update with Anthea Gardner from Cartesian Capital.